Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Raptors Den, presented to you by Faulty Logics. Uh, this is Dan, I'm here, your host and uh, fantasy basketball god, and we also have again here Peter, co-host, um, and yeah, with no guest today, maybe next week, but uh, yeah, we gotta do what we gotta do. We are looking for a third guest rotation, if you guys are interested, definitely leave a comment in the, subs- in the comment section down below, we'll be more than happy to talk to you guys. Uh, I know we haven't been around for like two weeks. I don't know. We only put out like one official episode. I think we went on a break. That's true. But well, uh, winter holidays, you yeah, know, we've got to do stuff with family. Years. Hard to schedule. But uh, so that just means we have that much more stuff to talk about this week. Uh, first thing I want to get off to is uh, the contest that we had originally on the first episode. Um, seems like it's going to be a bit of a harder target to hit than uh, we expected. So what we're going to do instead is we're going to change up the, the uh, contest. Um... Once we get 100 subscribers, we're going to give away two Google Play uh, Google Play gift cards, $15 each. Uh, so there's going to be two opportunities to win. Um, yeah, 100 subscribers, follow us on YouTube. Uh, leave a comment in the comment section below on the channel. Uh, just suggesting something you would like us to hear us to talk about. And then we'll pick from there, contact you, and uh, have the, uh, the, the credit Google Play Gift cards either mailed out to you. We can meet up if you're somewhere close in the GTA. We can make it work. Just uh, main thing is get those subscribe subscriptions coming in, comments coming as well. That's the the main thing for this uh, contest. Yeah, get your friends or family to sign up as well too, because it'll help uh, hit that hundred so that you can win. But uh, yeah, I guess so. Starting off as usual, we're gonna start off with some Raptors news. Um, so I know in the in the last couple weeks here, the main main piece of news circling the Raptors organization is the if and the the if and and would they retire Vince Carter's jersey. I know that is a big debate in the Raptors circles that I'm running around in right now. A lot of people are saying yes, you have to retire Vince Carter's jersey. Other people are saying no, he's a quitter. We don't <laughs> we don't like that in the Raptors organization. It's an it's a never ending debate. I, I definitely like to put my own two cents into it. If it is from my point of view, I'm sort of split on the decision. <laughs> yes, Vince Carter's jersey needs to be retired for the Raptors for all he has done in his seven or eight seasons that he was a part of the Raptors organization. He has changed the culture of basketball, not only in the city of Toronto, almost nationally wide in yeah. all of Canada. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so saying that quickly, we'll go in a little bit more into depth about that. Yes, he should be retired. Also, no, he should not be retired. Just about the last season, maybe season and a half that he had with the Raptors, where it was evident that he gave up on the organization. <laughs> Do you want to reward quitters and and people that sacrifice for the league, such as like the... I don't want to throw anyone specific names out here, but there have been the Amir Johnsons that were there for the Raptors, that were there from day one, that always wanted to be a Raptor didn't stay the whole career there's the Morris Petersons that their jersey should be retired as well um but then should his jersey be retired first over those Raptor players that wanted to be a Raptor that just didn't stay the whole time so there's that debate there as well I if I have to make a decision I would have to say you have to retire his jersey purely for all of the good things and all of the notoriety he has brought to the organization but how do you feel about this there Dan? Uh, for me personally, I've never had an issue with uh, Vince Carter leaving the city. Um, I've always <laughs> like 
I, I always understood why. So I never had a, a negative um, view on Vince Carter. It was kind of like, okay, yeah, I get it. We're not giving you what you need. Um, we're not treating you the way that you want to be treated. So obviously, you're not happy here. You're going to want to be happy somewhere else, right? Um, so I, I understood the, on that aspect. But other than that... I agree with that aspect as well. But there were better ways to show your sure. disapproval of the way the franchise is being run but then the way he did it. Faking right. injuries, not reporting the practices, right. things like that nature. I understand we weren't supplying the players he needs to win a championship. Right. Get that. There were better ways to leave than making it public and uh, league known that you want out of the city. That just takes away all your trade value. Yeah. So now everyone knows that you want out. We can't sell you for what you're actually worth because no one know, everyone knows that we'll just make you sit there and you won't want to play with us and you just tank our season. Right. But at the end of the day, he put us on the map. He very well did. He, he absolutely did. With that dunk competition that he won, yep. those two playoff runs that he had with us when you put down multiple 50-point games in the playoffs, yep. that's unheard of. Um, especially with the cast that he had around him. They weren't the best players around him. We understand mm -hmm. that. But Cleveland first stint in the Cavaliers. He didn't have the best crew around him. Still LeBron, went to an oh yeah. LeBron. What did I say? I said Kobe. Cleveland. As Cleveland. <laughs> LeBron James's first stint with the Cavaliers. He didn't yeah. have the best team around him. He still made it work. And yes, his leaving was not good. He sort of just up and left them. Maybe like the worst ever. <laughs> the worst ever. Well, <laughs> rivaling Vince Carter's. But he did it without significantly hurting the team for value because we traded Vince for absolutely garbage. Yeah. Absolutely garbage. At least when LeBron left, it was contractual. He didn't have a contract. He right. was free to go wherever he wanted to go. Right. Vince had to stay with us, didn't want to stay with us, so we had to deal him or we would have nothing. For peanuts. For, exactly. <laughs> so he hurt us more as an organization than what LeBron did. Of course, LeBron devastated the Cavaliers. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Um, I just think our rebuild was much longer than the Cavaliers' rebuild, mostly because of drafting. They did draft Kyrie a couple years after, which right. sort of turned the, the franchise around, where our draft history has just been absolutely atrocious. Going they got forward. a lot of high draft picks, actually. Cleveland? A ton of high yeah. draft picks for a, a, a lot of mediocre trades. Yeah. But our draft history has just been garbage. So yeah. it's not all on Vince, but the, the starting point was Vince Carter's fault. Mm -hmm. But uh, you, I like how you mentioned that uh, he had an impact on basketball nationwide for us. And I think it even got, went beyond that because not even just nationwide, like players in the States grew up looking up to him as well too. You hear a lot of professional players saying like, oh man, I grew up wanting to dunk like Vince. Exactly. Right? So it, it was... He, he definitely put us on the map. Or you do get that odd player that was uh, coming up like Kevin Durant who said his favorite team growing up was the Raptors. Right, right. That, that would have never happened if we didn't <laughs> have an American superstar like Vince lead us to where he took us. Saying that, I have been reading online though. Everyone's been saying, yes, Vince Carter did it. If it wasn't Vince that got drafted, the other, like whoever we would have drafted Antoine instead. Antoine Jameson. Antoine Jameson might have potentially done what Vince Carter did. A lot of circumstances, if we didn't get Vince, would have another American superstar did what he could have done. We might have kept T-Mac. We might have kept T-Mac, <laughs> and then he could have been what Vince did for us, or 
a lot of a lot of fans were but even if Vince didn't come and we waited the extra 10 to 12 years and waited for Chris Bosh to come could he have put us on the map like because Chris Bosh had a great career when he was with the Raptors he did but so if he was the very first superstar would he have done the same pedigree as Vince Carter arguments yes and no he wasn't as flashy as Vince Carter everyone likes the flash everyone likes the dunks um, but I think if it wasn't Vince Carter, I think we might have found another person who would have brought us to that plateau because it was inevitable. Canada is a basketball hotbed. We have great players. It was going to happen with or without Vince Carter, I feel. Right, right. <laughs> it, it was sped up with Vince Carter, though. But kind of, kind of slightly off topic here. Um, if you're Oklahoma City, do you retire Durant's jersey? Hmm. <laughs> Questions. That's off topic, but very relevant to this conversation. I, I, I don't think you could. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. He took you know. to the finals. He did. Um. He was only there for what five years? Uh. No, he was there for quite a while. He, he's been on Seattle. So he was drafted oh, on Seattle. True. That's true. So yeah, it's about five to six years that he's with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Questions. We'll have to go into the record books. I haven't seen what kind of records he holds for the franchise. As that, because Vince Carter held a handful of our franchise records yeah. when he did leave the team. Yes, a couple of them have been broken by Chris Bosh, Demar Derozan, Carol Lowry has a couple of them here and there. Um, but so it, it does depend on the franchise and his mark that he left on the franchise itself. Mm-hmm. Durant's left mark on the franchise might not have been as great as what Vince left purely because we were a newer franchise. If you're looking at just the Thunder aspect of the franchise, yes, you would have to retire Kevin Durant's jersey. He was the best player you had right. before your, your team was made. Right. Until Westbrook came, and now he's going to break all the records, and now he's, he's going to be your best player. Um, but if you're looking at the whole franchise Sonics history as well, I, I don't think you can retire it. True, true. I, I would agree the same way, too. Like If it's just looking at the Thunder, then I think you have to. Uh, as much as it's kind of similar to how we we hated Vince Carter right off the bat, like maybe a few years down the road, maybe it'll take ten. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully but, not ten, but Vince Carter took ten. Yeah, maybe at that point they'll uh, start appreciating what KD did and forget about it. But who knows? Have a nice montage video like they did for Vince Carter <laughs> last season or two seasons ago, and then that would yeah. just change the perspective that the fans have. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Um. But a good segue here, after we were talking about Vince Carter's mark that he left on the franchise and Durant's mark on the franchise, we would not be a good Raptors podcast, mainly, if we did not talk about the performance DeMar DeRozan had on New Year's Day against the Milwaukee Bucks. Dude. 52 points, a new franchise record for the Toronto Raptors. I am just blown away by his performance. How do you feel about that there, Dan? Um, the biggest thing that stood out to me in that performance was the uncharacteristic five three-pointers. Like, yes. where did this come from? Five for nine <laughs> from behind the arc, 55%. Yeah. That is so un-DeRozan-like, but I will take it every right. game. Like, those those aren't shots that he's even looking for. And for some reason, he's, he made nine attempts in one game, right? Yeah. So that's weird. And then... To add to that, the following game, he had like another three three-pointers. Yes, exactly. The about three to four three-pointers That the next game. He is shooting over 55% in the year of 2018. I know we're only six days into it. They've had three games. 
But still, it if this is the sign of what to come, I cannot wait. <laughs> cannot wait. Do you think he can just all of a sudden just turn on and click in this like new MVP De- DeMar DeRozan? Like, get I, to like unlock something? <laughs> I think he very... Okay, well, maybe not MVP. That, that might be a stretch. But it's not like he's just turning it on out of nowhere. He has put in the work in the offseason, especially at the foul line and the three-point line because he's couple seasons before he put in the work for the mid-range game for sure now he's jumped up to being one of the top three to four shooting guards in the mid-range game maybe behind james well definitely behind james harden but that's about it so now he knows he's got that aspect of his game locked down so now he's going to be growing his game into the three-point range and trying to facilitate more passing opportunities such as in that 52-point game yes it did go to overtime however he still got 52 points People forget he also had eight assists, only one turnover. Yeah, That is aspects of the game where he is focusing on now because he knows the scoring is going to come. But now making eight assists in the game, that would have never happened two years ago when the, when the Raptors were doing his ISO basketball. Right, right. Now that he's having a little bit of other pieces around him, the CJ Miles, Kyle Lowry's always been around him, but like the youth coming up, OG, Portal, Pascal, these guys, now he feels more comfortable passing the ball off, which is only going to make his game better, more well-rounded, and more lethal going into the long stretch of the seasons, right. going into playoffs. So I don't think he's just turning it on. I think it's just starting to pay off all his hard work. Um, I can only see good things coming out with DeMar DeRozan. I don't know if there's any negative aspects of it that we can... No Harp negative, on? at least from what we're seeing right now. But do you think he can keep it up? That's the million-dollar question. Can anybody sustain greatness? Like, LeBron James can. That, that's <laughs> been proven. It's, it's, that's how you get to the next step. Sustaining this good play all the way through the season. I, I hope he can. I hope him and Dwayne Casey are working on a good game plan to sustain greatness, stay away from injuries, keeping everything running right. smoothly not relying solely on DeMar's production. I hope he can sustain it. I don't see why he can't, yeah. but let's wait and see. Talking about VC and his Toronto legacy here, um, DeMar DeRozan's legacy as a Raptor. How, what are your thoughts on whether or not DeMar DeRozan would be a lifer as a Raptor? Hmm. As a lifer of... Do you see him leaving the team? As of right now in this junction, heck no. I I can't see him leaving, especially when he signed that new fat contract, especially him saying, I am Toronto, not going to any other team meetings before he signed that contract extension. I can't see him leaving. But before Vince Carter left, two to three years before Vince Carter started being really that kind of guy, if you ask me, do I see Vince Carter leaving? The same answer would have been no. I do not see Vince Carter leaving. Things can change quite dramatically. Um, there's been a lot of those, those situations. First time LeBron was leaving Cleveland, yeah. could you see him leave? Could you see Durant actually leaving OKC to go to the Golden State Warriors? Right. Anything can happen. I wouldn't be surprised if five, six years down the line, the Raptors are just not having the playoff success that DeMar wants, and he tries to win a championship with one of those contending teams. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me. That's what their game is going to. Um, but as of right now, I think he 
is invested in winning with the Raptors, and he knows he is the key part of winning with the Raptors. Right. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk every single year about him possibly going back to the Lakers and stuff. But to me, it doesn't make sense. Like, sure, the Lakers are his hometown, um, or the Compton. He's from Compton, yeah, California. State. So, um, it would be nice to play for your home city, but at the end of the day, like, why would you go to? The Lakers with that Where, shitty record. Yes, the team is doing garbage, and the <laughs> yeah. media buzz would be atrocious when you yeah. are doing garbage. You will be hounded. Exactly. Whereas he's in a situation right now that's that's in a winning situation, right? Same thing with Paul George. Like, there's a lot of talk with him right now in Oklahoma City, where people are still not sure whether he's going to stay in Oklahoma or if he's going to go to the Lakers, and he's not making it any better by not confirming anything, right? Mm-hmm. So. But realistically, I don't see him going to the Lakers either. I really don't it, see it either. It really doesn't make sense for these players to go to L.A. unless there's like a mutiny of some sort and like or a collusion and they all multiple guys agree to go. Go there. Yeah. Uh, and I totally agree with that. But we are missing another big point here as well. There were two teams in L.A. Yeah. Why can't you go to the Clippers with Blake Griffin? That's true. They are making it well. There is a rumor that they're making space by dealing De- uh, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. If he goes, that's a lot more room in the cap space. A lot more room. So you can bring in a potential Paul George or a DeMar DeRozan. Don't like throwing that out there because I need <laughs> we need him to stay. But having cap space like that, you can bring in a Paul George and a nice role player to, to round out the already pretty nice roster that the, the Clippers have. They have a Lou Williams. They have... Um, Blake Griffin, they have a yeah. good bench. They have a great coach. So it's not like their team is absolute trash. It's just that they don't have the one guy who you can look to down by four points, two minutes left in the game. We are going to give you the ball. You win this game for us. They, mm-hmm. they don't have that. You can't, do, you can't give that to Blake Griffin. He can't do that. Lou Williams, he's off the bench. He's a splash in the pan. He, he gets you running. Right. You don't have a guy that you need to knock down the last shot which could very well be Paul George, DeMar DeRozan, or other people that are looking, that are rumored to be on the trading block. The mm-hmm. Marcus Sauls are on the trading block. I've heard Anthony Davis's name thrown around a little bit. Don't know how true those are, but... So there are two teams in LA. Why can't you go to the Clippers? True. I don't know. I think it's just mostly the prestige factor. Of course. Everyone wants to play for the Lakers, but... uh I don't know. It would be nice to see the, the Clippers. Um, I, obviously, right now, they, they're they ahead of the Lakers in terms of their team and everything like that. The Lakers are rebuilding. But it would be interesting to see uh, the Lakers or the Clippers somehow surpass Lakers. the Lakers fan base. Well, I don't know if they're ever going <laughs> to pass the Lakers fan base, but yeah. pass the, the prestige where you only really remember the Lakers being the L.A. team. Right, right. And there's right. only one L.A. team being the Lakers. I don't know. I think it could very well happen if the Clippers just do a couple of good draft picks, make one or two good trades, get value for DeAndre Jordan if they are set on dealing him. Mm-hmm. I think it's very possible. Um, have to wait and see. I think it's going to be a good thing to watch. So I want to backpedal a little bit to Vince Carter. Um, he, over the holiday breaks or December or something like that, he said that he would like to retire a Raptor. And he said... He doesn't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen, but he's confident that it will happen. I'd like to see it. I would like to see, especially 
if it's uh he comes and plays a game or two for the Raptors, that would be cool to see. Just a throwback to your childhood, yeah. watching Vince Carter in the uh, the Raptors color. I'd like to see it. Do I think it's going to happen? In all honesty, I I don't see it happening. I, I don't see him retiring as a Raptor unless he does one of those ten day contracts that one day sign oh, and retire. Day. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think it would be a good move. Do you, Do you see it happening with the with Raptors organization? The only way that I can see it, like you said, it's it might be one of those uh, sign and retire type of things. But uh, I think it would be cool to see him back in Toronto and play. I, I really would like to see that, like him playing alongside like DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Even just off the bench as a support or as a leader. Mm-hmm. As a locker room leader. Hey, exactly. Kevin Garnett did it with the Timberwolves. Exactly. So it, it can be done. I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't really see it in Vince Carter's personality to come and if he did come and actually play for the team, he would have to know he's coming off the bench and he is going to be that leader in the locker room. We're not looking for you to play 20, 22 minutes a game. We are looking for you to play five to six, maybe seven, <laughs> and, <laughs> and have a rookie that you are sitting down and coaching yeah. the whole time. Do I see Vince Carter doing that? Vince Carter is somewhat like Kobe. He has that mentality that he is not coming off the bench. He is, if he's on the court, if he's on the team, he needs to be on the court. He needs the ball. Um, two years down the line, when he's 42 or 43 years old, maybe he's going to be playing. different <laughs> if he's still playing because he's playing at 40. And he's doing all right for the Kings. Yes, he's on the Kings. Yes, it's a, uh, not the best team. There are a lot of young players. He's still being efficient. He's still putting up numbers. They're not old Vince yeah. Carter numbers, but they are still respectable numbers for being 40 years old and playing with a bunch of Kids, like literally yeah. kids, and and to your to your point there, like him not wanting to uh, sit on the bench or anything. He said, like, yeah, he could go sign and take a minimum contract with a, a championship team, but he doesn't want to do that. He wants to get paid what he deserves. Exactly. So he's still getting paid a, a nice a nice amount. Exactly. But um, that's that's all this stuff that he's been saying in the past few years. This is the first time we've ever really heard him talk about retiring. Yeah. Like, do you think he's actually considering it now or the time is coming? I, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> um, I would like to think nobody can beat Father Time. Yeah. Vince is doing a, is doing a pretty good job of it, though. He's mm-hmm. making a run at it. We're, we're, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we can uh, move along here. There's been some big changes here. I know one big thing that was uh, upsetting most of the fan base was the lack of Christmas jerseys. Oh, yes. So instead of the Christmas jerseys, the NBA has tried to, uh, this new initiative where they were trying to release city jerseys, where they are more tailored to the city that they are representing. Um, There have been a lot of good jersey designs, a lot of okay jersey designs, and a lot of what the heck are those, and are you wearing those? What's going on here? Um, so just going over some of those city jerseys and the lack of Christmas jerseys, how do you feel about that there, Dan? Um, I, it's interesting because like the Christmas jerseys, honestly, I probably would never buy a Christmas jersey. Same as the all-star jersey. Like I, I feel like it's a, it's a one year type of thing. Um, it's cool to look at. And I think last year they had like them as t-shirts or something. Too, yeah. Right? They were, they were full t-shirt jerseys. Yeah. So they're trying to like sell these t-shirt things. Um, so I, Christmas jerseys, I'm not that 
hyped up about or whatever is not a big deal to me. What, uh, what for me is just Nike. Like, what are you doing with your jersey? Like, <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning of the season and preseason, they were ripping on players. Right. So, so I don't know. These city jerseys, it's kind of cool that uh, they're, they're trying to be able to represent your town a little bit more. But some of them are pretty lackluster. I've been looking at it, but some of them look really cool. It's true. Um, I think it was a great initiative, good idea. Some teams, I, I don't know who was behind designing these for the certain teams. I don't know if it was the team designing them or if Nike designed them for the city. Or whether it's one guy from Nike for, designing all of them. All of them, or if they, if they contracted it out to like, people in the area if they were like fans putting in their own i don't know how that went down but some of them have been just all (laughs) over the place um but then the other of them have been very good very clean some of them have been very simplistic one of them that's not my favorite not the worst of it is the philadelphia 76ers jersey i know you dan being a 76ers fan deep down I don't know how you feel about it, but I like the simplicity of the 76ers jersey. Just nice and cl- nice and cream colored, Philly on the front or Phila on the yeah. front. It looked clean to the point, represented the city well. I don't know. It wasn't the best jersey I saw, but I, I liked it. I the, the Philadelphia jersey I'm looking at right now, um, what it looks like to me, it seems it seems like they would use that more for like a hardwood classics yes, retro, a, a retro jersey, you know? Um, like when I Dr. look at that J. jersey, I'm imagining short shorts. Yep. <laughs> Imagine Dr. J under the rim, reach around. Yeah. The, it, hey, that's what their culture yeah. is. It, it, it's nitty gritty, hard nose, old school Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's very spot on to their culture that they that they are representing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, it, it's it's definitely speaks Philly basketball. Um, I don't know too much about the city itself, and I don't know if it represents the city. But it definitely speaks Philadelphia basketball. That's fair. That is very true. Um, so we can always do our top three favorite of these uh, city jerseys and our top three lackluster bad jersey designs. Um, we can always post the link in the bottom if you would like to see these jerseys that are that we were talking about here. If you haven't, a quick Google search. Google search. NBA uh, city jerseys. There will be a nice list of them all. And there are a lot of rankings of them all. But uh, quickly there, Dan, if you do have a, co- a top three favorite list, what are your top three favorite uh, city jerseys? <laughs> so it's funny because I was the one that wanted to do the top three, and I didn't come up with top threes. But I have I have different jerseys that I want to talk about. Fair enough. So uh, which one are you doing, top three or worst three right now? Uh, let's let's start off with the top three. We can top always three. go to the worst three after because that's always the funnier part. Okay, so not to be a homer or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, the Raptors jersey came out later than the other ones did but i think it looks sick yes like it looks really different from the other uh, the, from the other cities mm-hmm. nice black and gold color and it just simply says north on it it, it speaks like volumes it's straight to the point it hits you hard mm-hmm. i love it i i love the raptor jersey as well i know we are somewhat <laughs> biased the one feel that was a little bit missed for me i like the black and gold i i think it's super clean I think they should have went a different way, a different color pattern for the city jersey. Black and gold has no representation of Toronto, 
Canada or the Raptors organization. The only thing that I can think of is just to trying to link it with Drake and OVO. With OVO. That is the only thing that I can I can wrap my head around. Yes, OVO is huge in Toronto in the last couple of years. But if we are talking as a whole 20-something year Raptor franchise trying to hone in on that aspect, Black and Gold only came around in, what, 2015? Right. Not even. So I think they should have went red, which is Canada's not... I don't know if we have a national color, but that right. is what people think of when you think of Canada. Or they could have threw it back to the purple pinstripes. I like the purple pinstripes. I think it was great. I like the color, the black and gold pattern, though. But I don't know if it's is the best way to signify what Toronto is. I think they could have even looked into um, a black and white. Or, I'm sorry, blue and white. Blue and white. To yeah. kind of throw homage at the Blue Jays and the uh, and Maple, Maple Leafs. Leafs and, and, and that would be pretty cool, too. And Toronto. Toronto's flag, the city flag, is blue yeah. with a white T on it. Right. Blue and white. So I, I think they could have went a couple of different ways with the color. Yes, maybe a Maple Leaf here or there. I saw it's, it is on their waistband. That's nice. Um, I, I like the North because that's what our branding is yep. going to. That's what we need to represent. Um one thing I could change if I could change anything, color pattern. Mm-hmm. Everything else on the design is spot on. I love it's, it. It's fantastic. The arrows pointing up, the north, everything over, nothing over us, team over everything. Uh, I like that. Um, another good one that I would like to throw out there, not in any particular order, the Atlanta Hawks jersey. Okay. I love that jersey. That color scheme of the neon green and the all black, very nice, very clean. But going back to the color pattern, I don't know the city of Atlanta that well. Right. I don't know where these colors are coming from. <laughs> I like the colors. I like the neon green. I like the the crisscross on the sides. I think it's a very nice, clean jersey. I and I know if I was a part of the uh, the Hawks organization, I would rock that with pride, for sure. Um, so cool. I got I got one more that I low key really like, um, the Lakers jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super simple. It has that classic Lakers logo on it, but the detail in the the fabric, mm-hmm. it's snakeskin. That's black mamba, man. Yeah, <laughs> that is a Kobe reference. But then again, Kobe was their revolutionary player in the last decade, well, two decades, because right. he played for 20 years. Um, I, I like it too. I, I like the Lakers uh, jersey as well. Yeah, that... Just just that detail, attention to detail with that snakeskin pattern. Oh, my goodness. I thought that was just low-key, like, yo, check this out. We're going to hit you. <laughs> being a little bit <laughs> on different. On the flight side, yeah. And that's always the Lakers' mantra, being a little bit different and a little bit better than everybody else in the league. Yeah. Um, another last one that I like out of my top three, like my top three were Atlanta Hawks jersey. I love the Portland Trailblazer Rip City jersey. Mm-hmm. I think that one is super clean. I love it as well. Simple also. Red writing, black background. Stands out. Stands out. Rip City. Not sure where that came from for the city of Portland, where Rip City came from. Love it. You've seen it for the last three to four years. Everyone representing Rip City, especially Damian Lillard. Um, I think that's another classic banger, and I would not be opposed to buying one of those jerseys as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And my final top three, it would have to be the Miami Heat jersey. Mm-hmm. And I just love how, like, movie-like it looks. It's, it's like really Miami Vice. Yeah, Miami Vice. It has those tropical colors and everything. It's just, it just looks fun, you know? Yep. It, it fits their lifestyle, um, their culture. They just love yep. to party down there. Yep. 
super uh, loose. I like the white fitted because everyone in if you're on my Miami Beach, you're wearing a white yeah. white shirt. There's no way you're wearing down. something dark and no. <laughs> nice and light, light blue wording as well. It, it's very nice. Uh, I, I like that as well. Honorable mention didn't make my top three. I like the Clippers jersey. That one looks pretty nice as well. Um, I had one more honorable mention as well. It was. It. Well, Philly was my other uh, my other uh, honorary mention because they weren't the best one. Um, I also liked the New York Knicks paying homage to the fire to the fire oh, yeah, department yeah. there, especially because everything that the New York Fire Department did, I think that very well speaks for the New York City mantra: right. hardworking, first ones in, last ones out. We're going to be here all day. I like it. Not one of the best three because it, it is quite simple, but but it's I, really different. It is very different, and it and I think it's an honorable mention for sure. Yeah. Oh, and another honorable mention I just saw here again: the Orlando Magic. <laughs> I I think it's great. It's super sim- super simple. I like the starry night in the background of it. It's it's very nice. It blends right into the shorts. I think that's another honorable mention as well. Pretty cool. Definitely. Um. So now we've talked about the good ones. Now let's talk about what everybody wants to talk about here are the bad ones and where the hell are you designing these from? Uh, I, I would like to start it off with the Utah Jazz jersey. I know a lot of people were, were questioning the, the color pattern behind it. I, I don't know if someone can explain to me the orange or the light orange to the red color change of the pattern for yeah. what that means to the Utah the, the the state of Utah. I don't understand it. I don't get it. You look like the Phoenix Suns to me. Yeah. Um, but, okay, cool. I, I don't understand it. I would like to talk to the creative director behind that jersey and just find out where it's coming from. Right. Um, I don't know how you feel about that one there, Dan. But. I think exactly. Like, if I didn't see this the name of Utah on that jersey, I would have thought it was the Phoenix Suns. That's what I thought as well. So <laughs> I have no idea because... Utah's cold. It's not really a sunny, tropical place like Phoenix yeah. or Miami or Texas even. Like, I, I don't know where it's coming from. I thought they should be more snow mountainy ish I, I don't know. I don't get it. But Yeah, that's a weird one. Cool. <clears throat> uh, for me, something that I didn't like, uh, there's a lot of simple ones that I didn't like, like Memphis, yep. uh, the Timberwolves. It was literally just like, Standard jersey with the logos on. Honestly, Memphis's jersey reminds me of an NCAA jersey. <laughs> it is a college jersey. Don't think it should have a name on the back just to pay homage to the college players. Don't know what they were looking for as well for Memphis, but that was very bland. Like there were there were bland jerseys such as the Philadelphia jersey, but they made it classic. Right. They just made this standard and yes. just bland. Like. It looked like uh, their practice jersey or something. Yeah, it's like something that you would wear in a house league pickup league, a pickup game right. or, or playing at the Y. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I'd like to talk to that guy as well um, and, and figure that out. Um, but another bad one that's coming off of, for me here as well is the Dallas Mavericks jerseys. Um, color pattern is okay, kind of odd, super simple as well. Don't really get the stripes on the side of them. It looks um, like uh, if you took off the Dallas and the number there, it just looks like a regular Nike dry fit jersey. Dry fit T-shirt that you buy at Sport Check for like 30, 40 bucks. I don't, I don't know why. And if you go and try and buy that jersey, it's going to be $200, $250 yeah. for no reason. And it's, 
it's it's nothing fancy. I don't I don't understand it. Um, hey, maybe they're going for the the simple look, which would be nice. I I don't think they executed it well at all. Yeah, but hey. Um, another jersey I don't like is the San Antonio Spurs one. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I don't like the jersey, but they have that jersey already. Maybe not the same black color, maybe a little bit more green tinge to it, but for every one of their military knights, they wear that jersey. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little bit different with a different wording, but it, I've seen it before. Is San Antonio a military city? I, I would think so. I, I, I don't. I can't say <laughs> yes for sure because I don't know. There's too small market for us to know. To know. Um, but they do have a military jersey that they wear every season. Sure. Um, but I've, I've seen it before. Why is this exclusive? How is this new? This isn't this isn't new to me. Right. It's a different color pattern, but I think they just missed the mark on it. They could have went a lot of different ways. They could have paid a lot more homage to the Texas right sit the Texas state itself. Yeah, I mean they're 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 called the Spurs. Like use something cowboyish. Yes, right? yes. Like and their symbol is an, a, a spur. A spur. It's, it's, it's literally a spur. Like the thing at the end of your boot. boot. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand where the camo is coming from. I like, I like the camo. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Military is very important. Um, I don't see how that relates to the city of San Antonio, unless there is a humongous military base in San Antonio that I just don't know about. Right. I know that the Alamo was around that area, but that's not really military. Um, I don't know. Maybe our fans might know why they went military for the Spurs jersey. Definitely leave a comment below. I would do my own research for yeah, it. I, I just don't understand it. Um, another one that just sort of missed the mark for me was the Suns jersey. How it's all purple. Um, I know that they, they do dabble a little bit in the purple. And they the Los Suns, the, the Spanish right. throwback as well. They have a Los Suns jersey as well all the time. They do a Spanish game every year. As well, so it's not new to me as yeah. well. The all purple is kind of new, which doesn't really go to your color scheme as a as a Phoenix Suns. They should have had the orange yeah, they that Utah has, and Utah's color is somewhat purple as well. So they should just <laughs> switch colors. Um, don't understand it as well. It's, it's not an ugly jersey. Don't get me wrong; it's not ugly. It's just I don't understand what it's representing as the city of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm missing something. Maybe they can ed- educate me as well. Right. If some people in Arizona are listening to us, give us some feedback. Um, don't understand it. So last, but last Jersey I want to talk about, we can't really talk about, uh, we can't have a basketball podcast with New Jersey's without talking about the old champions, the Golden State Warriors. I like the idea. I like the dragon inside the circle for the city because they have a humongous Asian fan base in Golden State in California there. I I like the homage to that with the Golden Gate Bridge being a little bit different with the dragon on it. Color pattern inside of the circle should have been and could have been a little bit different. Not an ugly jersey, not the worst jersey, definitely not the best of of the new ones that came out. Um, Yeah, but I... what I do like about it is that they they stuck with the bay mm-hmm. rather than the town because yeah. I don't I don't know what the hell the town. Yeah, I, I don't get that either. But I, I like the bay because they are from the bay. They they are the only bay team. Yes, there's a lot in California. None of them are in San Francisco, like right. Golden State, which right. is the Golden Bay. Um, but yeah, like and then just 
kind of that segueing into Cleveland. Mm. I really don't like the land. The land? Like they've kind of they've kind of forced that onto Cleveland ever since LeBron has come, come back. back. Yeah. They didn't have that before, and I guess the land because he's the king and stuff mm. like that. I I don't like it. No, neither do I. I think they're it's trying to really gimmicky. It is very gimmicky. I think they're playing off of when LeBron came back and they made it to believe land. Yeah, you can believe in Cleveland again. Right. Um, but spot on. It is very gimmicky, but. But realistically, looking at these city jerseys, isn't it, isn't it all just one big gimmick to try and make money, try and push jersey sales? Like, you can't just keep selling the same three jerseys every single season. You That's need true. to have a new jersey, which I think they spot on got. So, well, they only have three jerseys exactly. per city right now, anyways. Right? So they need a new gimmick jersey that will force people to go and buy it again. And I think the land is quite gimmicky, and it's spot on. Another up-running... Uh uh, team that we have right now, a top team, Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, their jersey looks like the old Yao Ming style jersey. It does, right? Like back when he played it, just they just added in. I swear to God, they played in this jersey as well <laughs> the other day. Yeah, I swear to God, Houston had a jersey with that those Chinese. same Chinese words on it. You could very well be right. <laughs> I don't understand as well. Maybe I'm missing something as well because I'm not from the states. Yeah. Does Houston have a big Asian population? Uh I'm not too sure myself, to be honest. I have no idea because I, I think it's just the fact that Yao Ming was played there. in that city, and then that brought over the NBA fan base to it Houston. Very well, could be. It very well, could be. Um, to my knowledge, Houston never played a game in China, like some teams have done before. Um, I don't understand why there's such a big fan base for the Chinese population going to Houston. It could very well be Yao Ming. Yeah. Um, don't understand it. It's not an ugly jersey. I think it's very similar to what they're yeah. already wearing. Right. Just Chinese writing on top of right. it. Don't know how that signifies Houston. <laughs> like to know. Um, but well executed, I think. Yeah. Um, it's a bit very, very. <laughs> but we can move on from our jersey debate there. But definitely, if you guys have any comments or any uh, suggestions or uh, feedback you'd like to put in, definitely su- subscribe and leave us a comment down below. I'd love to hear what you guys think. About your top three jerseys or whatnot. Or even how you feel your jersey represented your city, if it was well represented Exactly, or not. that as well. We would like to get as many different team markets that our, that our teams are in, to have people come and just put their own two cents in. Um, but we can move on from the jerseys. I know that the trade deadline is coming up a little bit earlier this season than years past. It is set for February 8th of this year. So it's coming up. It's in just under a month from uh, taping this podcast. Um, So it wouldn't be a good podcast without talking about the trade rumors that have been swirling around the whole league. Um, I don't know if you want to start off with that there, Dan. I don't know what you've been hearing in the grapevine, but uh, what do you think is going to happen at this trade deadline? Um, So one of the few things that we've been talking about, of course, is DeMarcus Cousins. Where is he going to go? Is he going to get traded? Right? So that's, that's always been something that has been... Uh, discussed about even from the beginning of the season. But the other guy on his team, Anthony Davis, uh, there's rumors right now that uh, apparently teams are trying to persuade New Orleans to make an Anthony Davis trade. And Anthony Davis doesn't feel very happy that he doesn't seem like, well, New Orleans isn't coming out and saying like, hey, no, we're not looking to trade you or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. So as a player, as a star player, poss- possibly a franchise player, he doesn't feel like he has a city has his back. Well, 
I don't know if he doesn't feel like the city has his back. I don't think he feels that front office or management, management. has his back. I have seen posts or in articles before that they are not openly shopping. Anthony Davis, of course, you're not being a good GM if you're not listening to what other teams are offering him, uh, what, what other teams are offering for him. I can't see Anthony Davis going anywhere. He is a franchise player. He is on contract for the next three to four years. Um, there's no reason to trade him. Um Unless there's something behind the scenes that him and DeMarcus Cousins aren't clicking. On the court, they seem to be clicking whenever they're healthy together. They right. they, they play good basketball together. Um, do I see Anthony Davis moving? Probably not. Do I see one of those two guys moving? Yes. By the trade deadline in February? I don't think so. Um, this is, especially moving talent like that, that's not a mid-season kind of move you can make. That is an off-season, put That's a, major a lot of thought into it, weighing tons of options. Because when you do a trade like that in the middle of the season, you can't trade big players like that because you don't have time to, to run your team and change on the fly and still make a competitive team. Right. Unless you do this mid-season, you are saying to the league, I am okay with tanking, we are rebuilding, let's start from scratch. Yeah. Um, so... If I don't see New Orleans making a move like that at this trade deadline, do they need to make a move? Yes. New Orleans is one of those fence teams. They're not on the upper echelons of the Western Conference, but they're not the bottom feeders like the Kings are as of right now. Um, do they need to make a move? Yes. Is it that kind of move, one of those two kind of players at the trade deadline? I, I don't see it happening. Um Another person that's been on the trade block for uh, what seems like an eternity here, Marcus Saul. Yep. Or DeAndre Jordan. Right. Um, but let's go into Marcus Saul here. There have been tons and tons of rumors of him coming to Toronto. I would be over the moon excited if Marcus Saul can come to Toronto. <laughs> Depending on what we lose, I understand JV would have to be one of the pieces to move. Right. I love myself some jo- Jonas Valanciunas. If it brings in Marcus Saul, I am a okay with seeing him leave. Um, Marcus Saul, can you see him coming to Toronto? Well, before we even get to that, can you see him leaving the Memphis Grizzlies organization? Well, the one thing that uh, we had earlier this year was the firing of Coach Dave Fitzdale, mm-hmm. um, and apparently the reason why they fired him is because. They had issues with the coach and their star player, Marcus Hall. They couldn't see head to, uh, eye to eye. And when there's constant pushback like that, when the coach is asking you to do something and the star player doesn't want to do it that way, you're gonna have you're gonna have controversy. Yeah, controversy. And ended up with uh, him getting fired. So now that you've already got rid of the coach, are you still gonna be looking at getting rid of your star player? That is the signs of a total rebuild to me. Losing your coach and your star player, that's that's just a rebuild. Um, I don't see it happening now that that's happened. Neither do I. Uh, also, with uh, Marcus Ault, he's never played anywhere else other than Memphis, uh, other than the Grizz- Grizzlies there. Yeah. So I can't see him leaving. He is invested into the city as DeMar is invested into Toronto. So it would take a very lucrative deal to get him to move. 
I've also seen reportings that this trade, if there is a trade from Mark Gasol, the ball is in Gasol's court. He can go to management and say, I would like a trade, and they would try and accommodate him the best that they can. Right. Um, I don't see him running to the GM's office to request a trade as of right now. Um, he doesn't seem like a quitter. No, I don't see it either. I think he is just as well as invested in winning, especially winning in Memphis. He knows that he is their their city's basketball superstar since his brother Paul left. Right. I, I think he understands that a Gasol has to be in Memphis to get them over the hump. Um, and I like the way they're playing right now with Tyreek yeah. Evans and Mike Conley is still injured. And they're still putting up Ws. Oddly enough, um, well, not to the rate that they would like to be putting up Ws, I'm right. sure, but but they've also they've always been kind of sneaky, like get into the playoffs type yes. of team. So get into the playoffs and push a game to six or seven games in the series. Yeah, um, surprised, but I know we've alluded to it a little bit here with um, prior prior conversations earlier in this podcast. DeAndre Jordan and the Clippers situation. Yeah. Do you see DeAndre Jordan ending the season as a Clipper? Um, man, that is so hard to say because you hear all these offers for DeAndre Jordan, but then at the same time, it's like, what are these teams going to give up for DeAndre, right? And then one of the teams that is constantly in the in the discussion for it is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Um. If they're gonna get DeAndre Jordan, they're obviously gonna have to give up Tristan Thompson, possibly mm-hmm. uh, Iman Shumpert, mm-hmm. um, possibly even the Brooklyn pick, mm-hmm. right? So that's a lot to give up for a guy that's gonna play. He's gonna play excellent pick and roll basketball with his team, for sure. Um, but are you gonna play him in the fourth quarter and let him get fouled? I wouldn't. Right. But and I totally understand that. But then that goes into the question. I've heard that same deal before. Um, for Shumpert, Ch- Thompson, and a first-round draft pick, I think that's a little bit too much for DeAndre Jordan. Yes, his defense is unreal. Right. Yes, he will get you your 9 to 12 boards a game. And the blocks. And, and the blocks and the steals and just the, the physical presence down low, which looks like what Cleveland's missing. But for a guy that cannot shoot from more than 5 feet from the rim, he's an offensive liability. Right. Which is fine because LeBron James can cover up offensive liabilities. Isaiah Thomas can cover up offensive liabilities like he did in Boston when he had um, Marcus Smart, who's not the most pure offensive scorer. Mm-hmm. Avery Bradley for the couple of years that's not the most pure offensive scorer. Um, so yes, there are people to cover up the offensive liability that DeAndre Jordan presents to the, any team that he's on. I think it's a little bit too much, especially for the Brooklyn first-round draft pick because that is almost a guaranteed top 10 pick of the draft this year. Right. So it's really giving up a top 10 draft pick, a Tristan Thompson, who is, he's not a superstar. He's a good role player off the bench. Yeah, he's and actually Mon- doing a lot better off the bench than I expected. Exactly. And Amon Shumpert, who is a defensive-minded yes. 3 and D, who is a very gritty, gritty player. I think that's giving up a lot for DeAndre Jordan. Unless the Clippers have draft picks that they can throw into the into the trade as well, or a, a, another role player that's a little bit or a prospect of a player, um, that that would have to be thrown into me if I was the GM of the Cavaliers. But I I can't see DeAndre Jordan ending the season as a Clipper. 
I just can't see it. Going to Cleveland, maybe not, but... There's some talks about him coming to the Raptors as well. There's been talks about every <laughs> big man that's on the trade block <laughs> coming to the Raptors. Like, I've heard Anthony Davis coming it's to the, the Raptors. It's the same thing. Like, like, Cleveland and the Raptors are in the same situation we with are. big men. We are. We, we need a big man to play defense for us because, well, Ibaka is not as big of a man that we would need to guard the centers yeah. of the league. He is a good, He's a good high post defender. But we need a, a big <laughs> man defender to cover up Portal because Portal's a big man, but he's not a solid guy, and he's and he's young. Not yet, at least. Yeah, he's he's young, so he's yeah. coming in into his own. JV did not take the step in the defensive direction that we wanted him to do. Um, not sure if many people saw that the Raptors played the Bucks yesterday there, where JV had a monstrous third quarter. That's great offensively, but if you can't stop the other center from doing the same thing you're doing, mm-hmm. you're not helping the team. You're not hurting the team, but you're not helping the team. Um, so I think it would be key to get a big defensive presence, such as DeAndre Jordan, Marcus Gasol, something of that nature. Do I see it happening? N- not at this juncture of the team, especially with our cap space. We don't have too much money to pay out to these people. Um, I don't know. Anything, anything is possible. I know that there was one trade that you were somewhat interested in, in trying to get the ball rolling here. Um, coming to Toronto, what's about that trade that you're? Yeah, to? so this also goes back to our New Year game in Toronto, New Year's Day. So uh, at the end of the game, apparently, like I think a thousand fans or something stayed behind, 12, and 1200? something like that. Yeah, and they stayed behind all the Greek fans mm-hmm. for the Greek freak. It was oddly enough on New Year's Day. It was the national Greek game. For the Raptors. We had a Greek night. There was one individual in the Toronto community who is Greek, of course, who purchased, I think, 1,000 to 1,200 tickets to supply to the Greek community in Toronto to come watch the Greek freak Giannis play basketball. At the end of the game, they stayed an hour and a half to two hours after the end of the game waiting for Giannis to come out of the locker room to sing the national anthem to him. If you haven't seen this video, go on YouTube, look it up. Giannis Raptor fans singing the anthem. It is a sight to see. It is pretty crazy. Um, is that enticing enough for him in the years to come to make a move to Toronto, make a run um, with a, 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 a competing team in the Eastern right. Conference to try and bring them over the top to, to the Eastern Conference Championship to kick the king off his throne? I don't know. How do you feel about Giannis? Potentially, there's no merit behind these rumors or anything. <laughs> right. But how would you feel if Giannis did up and come to the Raptors? Honestly, um, I would I would love it to be honest. Like he's he's how basically a seven foot Westbrook. <laughs> like the intensity that he plays at, it's ridiculous. Um, like I think he pushes the ball well too. So especially on a Kyle, Kyle Lowry decline, which I'm always gonna unfortunately bring up. Um, he would kind of be a good replacement to replace Kyle Lowry offensively and maybe not so much in the passing, but uh, he's, still, he's still a good passer. Yeah. He still makes plays. He's still, yeah, he's so. almost averaging a triple-double. Not averaging a triple-double, but he's almost a, uh, a triple-double kind of guy. Every night, you wouldn't be right. surprised if he throws a triple-double down for you. Exactly. Um, I wouldn't be surprised as well if, if he would be uh, a change from Kyle Lowry if he did come. I don't even want to fathom the 
amount of things we would have to lose in order to bring in Giannis, um, it would be astronomical. We would have to lose pretty much our whole starting lineup. Right. Just I don't think there's 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 no way that the Bucks are going to be willing to trade him. No. He's untouchable. No. If he comes, it's his choice. Of course, that would have to so, be a free agency right. kind of deal. And the thing is, that's where that's where I like how we stayed behind to like, you know, sing the national anthem to him because everybody knows that when you come to Toronto, we love the hell out of you. Yep, <laughs> it is very true. If you want a, not only a city but a country to be behind you, yeah, come and make a big free agency signing in Toronto. You will be the poster boy of the country right. for that season for sure. And and. For him to not even be on the team and receive this kind of love, that's huge. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is that apparently Toronto loves European players. The thing that was the issue is that a lot of the European players we're getting were white. This guy, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's European and he's black. So it's like a double benefit. Exactly. And what could go wrong? And it is the fact, I think the reason why Toronto fans like European players the most the diversity that our city has. Yes. No matter what country you come from, there will be a pretty big following of your national people right. in Toronto. Right. Doesn't matter if it's Latvian. Jonas Valanciunas had a Lithuanian night a couple weeks ago, and there were hundreds of Lithuanian fans yeah. in the ACC. Yeah, the like Italians from the thousands. Barnani. Italians. We have a couple Latvians Spanish. for Portal. We had Spanish for Jonas Calo- uh, Yo. Jose, Jose Calderon and Garbajosa. Yeah. We've had we have a huge Portuguese fan base, uh, Portuguese um, population in Toronto. You name the country, we have a population for it. We have right. African population as well in Toronto. That Masai is bringing over with his uh, basketball without borders in Africa. Like if we could get Jeremy Lin, we would get Jeremy Lin too. And like- we have a huge Asian uh, fo- uh, <laughs> cultural base in Toronto as Jeremy well. Jeremy Lin had the same kind of reception that. That he that Giannis got exactly like no matter what nationality you are, if you come to Toronto, you will be loved and there will be national following behind you. Yeah, like I was still blown away by the amount of Lithuanians that were in <laughs> Toronto. I had no idea, or not even in just Toronto, in the whole na- nation, there were co- there were countries being represented mm-hmm. from every nationality in Canada. We are a humongous mosaic. We, if you come with your culture, we will embrace it and we will try and integrate our own cultures into it to make a third culture, which is just going to be <laughs> even bigger and better than what, it, what yours was by itself and what Canada's is by itself. Bringing it in, matching it together, it is only going to be beneficial. Like The thing about Toronto is that, not to, not to hate on these American cities a little bit, but we're the only true melting pot city. Like We don't assimilate you into the American... Uh, way of life or anything like that. It's literally you come do your own thing, and if you don't bother other people, you're good to we go. We won't bother you. We will totally. There's take, so much culture. We will take your culture and we will try and modify it to make it suit all of our needs. What we like, what you like, and try and get a common ground behind it. We're in America. If you become an American citizen, you pretty much have to denounce your old nationality, your old religions. They try to make you American. Where Canada, you will be. Canadian and wherever you come from. You are a, a, a Lithuanian Canadian. You right. are Jamaican Canadian. You right. are whatever you else plus Canada. Where America, if you come from if you come from another country and you go to America, 
you are an American. You are nothing yeah. else, pretty much. You're pretty much leaving everything behind Fuck. at that point. And that is what some people like. I can understand being an American coming to Canada. It's a transition. It's kind of hard because you've been brought up and raised America, patriotism, um, being very patriotic to your own country, your own, country. in your own, what your country needs. Um, I, I think Canada is a great place. I think more people should be more open and responsive to coming and playing in Canada. Our fan base loves you. We will be loyal unless you turn your back on us. Man, how would you love to see, like, maybe even another team open up in Vancouver again? Like, I am 100% for that. doesn't even have to be in Vancouver. <laughs> I think Canada needs another NBA team. I understand market sizes are right. not the most advantageous for owners to bring an organization to Canada if you're not in Toronto. But it needs to be done. Basketball, especially basketball, was a Canadian product. A Canadian invented basketball. Mm -hmm. To only have one team in the nation that created the game or birthed the person that created the game. I get it. He was in America when he made it. However, it was a Canadian guy that made it. To only have one country representing it, I think James Naismith would be very upset about that. And uh, to add to that too, uh, I listened to the the Road Tripping podcast with... Channing and Richard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a really good podcast, to be honest. You guys really? should check it out as well, too. Um, but Richard Jefferson, he played during a time that there was the Vancouver Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. And he actually said that Vancouver was actually one of his favorite cities to visit. Mm. So that gives more reason for you to go there. Like, come on, give us, give us another team. It, it's true. Vancouver is a beautiful city. It is huge. There's a lot of people. There's a big... It is a, a surprisingly big market in Vancouver. Yep. Um... I don't, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Because there would be a lot of people coming from all over the, all over the nation to come and watch basketball on the West Coast because they just don't have, they haven't had basketball on the West Coast for almost a decade now, right? Yeah. When was the last time that the, the, Grizz, the, the Grizzlies were in Vancouver? I can't remember. It had to be at least 15 to 20 years ago now. Something like that. It's been a while. I don't know. Something to think about. If we get enough money here, Dan, we can go and buy an organization <laughs> and we can move it to Vancouver. The dreams, the dreams. <laughs> So, moving on from the trades that could be coming up, I want to backtrack to a trade that happened before the season. And that would be the big Kyrie Irving trade. Mm. As uh, an article came out recently on ESPN, yep. kind of talking about you know, what went down. Like, Kyrie Irving finally speaks out on it a little bit. More of the backstory that most general public did not have privy to uh, at the time of the trade until this article came out about like six months after the trade even happened, because that happened in June uh, or July was when the trade actually broke for us. Um, one thing I found out reading that article, we would have to find the name of the article. I don't remember who wrote it. You can check it, it was, on ESPN. It was on ESPN. Um, a lot of things that I didn't know on the back of it was that a, a move like this wasn't the first time Kyrie had a move like that. In high school, in his... Uh, sophomore or, or junior year, right. he made a significant trade. Not a trade. I always say trade. It's not a trade. Decision. He, a decision. He, he moved programs in the middle of his high school career for a bigger challenge. That, to me, just puts me in the mindset of Kyrie Irving just always trying to better himself, not settling, knowing he's on a, a winning team and just coasting along. Mm -hmm. 
he always wants to make sure he's getting better, making people around him getting better, and being the main man on whatever organization, program, team that he's on. He wants to make sure he's getting better as well. Right. Um, I've heard speculations around that it's tough to improve yourself playing behind LeBron James in, in a, a super team like that. Because if you're already playing on the best team, it's tough to make yourself even better when your competition is significantly lesser to your team. Um, on the other hand, though, him having played with LeBron James, I think he's learned a lot in terms of being a leader as well. Because without LeBron, he played with Dion Waiters. They're clashing heads. Um, things just weren't going well. And he still played in a similar style. But now that he's gone to Boston, you can see a different uh, composure that he has. Like he's... Different mindset. Yeah. He's, he's turned it on right now. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think it was a beneficial for him to go into a new, a new atmosphere, a new situation and trying to thrive in that. It keeps you on your toes. When you are a competitor, like don't get me wrong, every player in this league is a competitor. They have competitive natures. It's if you don't, you won't make the league. And if by right. the grace of God you do, you won't stay in the league right. if you're not a competitor or a competitive nature. Kyrie is the epitome of a competitor. He will go into a worse situation to compete get better and improve himself and the organize, and the team that he is playing for. Mm. Um, I don't fault him for that decision. Maybe could have been a little bit of a better way to execute that you wanted to leave than making it so public and, and leaving us in the backlight right. and, and, and ha- having all of this in the background of not knowing why you wanted to leave. Um, but it wasn't him that made it public, though. True. Right? That was the big thing. It's like, why wasn't my privacy respected? Fair. So, at this point, we still don't know who... Who initiated... Who leaked it, right? Yeah. But being in a public... uh, A public forum like you are in the NBA, you have to understand this is going to happen. Right. It's impossible to keep a secret in something that is super publicly known, which is the NBA. Um. I think one huge thing in the article that I wanted to bring up was the fact that before this trade, they discussed potentially trading him and getting a deal for Paul George and Eric Bledsoe. And even from last year when I was talking to you, I really wanted Bledsoe on the Cavaliers. Like, I thought it was going to happen. <laughs> that could have been it. <laughs> I don't think it could have happened. It, it could have happened because um, Bledsoe and Isaiah Thomas play a somewhat similar game. So I could see it happening because, yep. like, Isaiah Thomas is there. If you just replace him for Drew Bledsoe, I mean, Eric Bledsoe, it, it, it could have worked. He's, he's um, a playmaker, and he wouldn't mind playing behind the ball. It's true. It's true. Um, that trade rumors, that was the June before this trade actually happened. That was after they won their championship. They were hinting at potentially trying to move Kyrie. Um, I think that was just bad management by, by Dan Gilbert and the Cavaliers organization. Um, wouldn't be the first time, but <laughs> I can understand that that would leave a bad taste in my mouth if my team was trying to say like, "Hey, right. what would you want for Kyrie? Like, how 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 would you?" I wouldn't like it either, but still, you and you it's could part hear, of the business. You could hear about it throughout the entire season too. There's a lot of talk about 
the season going forward, and Kyrie was very disengaged with the team. Even uh, him celebrating the championship, he did it alone on a yacht with a bunch of white girls. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful white girls. And, like, where's the other team members, right? Like, nowhere to be found. It's just him. It's true. Right? So you could kind of see it affect him that way. But, I mean, like, where he is right now, he seems like he's having a good time and enjoying it. But I, I totally, I don't fault Kyrie at all for this. The only thing that is weird to me is why Isaiah Thomas? Well, well coming from, from the Cleveland Cavaliers perspective, I understand why Isaiah Thomas. But, but from, from Boston. the Boston's <laughs> point of view, why Isaiah Thomas? The man that comes out the next night after his sister dies in a car crash and puts up an unreal playoff performance, you trade him? I, have, I, I never got I, it either. I understand why the Cavaliers asked for it. Doesn't mean you have to do it. <laughs> like, yes, Kyrie Irving. If you get Kyrie Irving, that's a once-in-a-lifetime trade. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of player. I don't, I don't see why Boston pulled the trigger on it. <laughs> I would, I would love to have Kyrie Irving come to my team, losing a guy like Isaiah Thomas who just put his heart on the floor for Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you just kick it to the side and say, nah, it's okay, we'll take Kyrie. I understand Isaiah Thomas was a little bit banged up, a little bit hurt with his hip injury. Still. That is just loyal, like unloyal yeah, acts yeah. from the Boston Celtics. <laughs> that just shocked me. Um. I don't know. I, I I would like to see it. Uh, I would like to see what happened. I would like yeah. to know why why uh, Isaiah Thomas out of all the people, all the people you could have traded. I don't know. But realistically, like, I don't think there's a lot that they could have gotten out of it either. Of course, right? but of course. If it, it wasn't had to be done, if it wasn't Isaiah Thomas, it would have been like Gordon Hayward, who you just got like a week that's before. Not that that's not. I, I get that. Like, <laughs> or you would have had to lose like Al Horford and like three other players and like three draft picks. I, I get that. Doesn't mean you have to do the deal. Like, hey, Cleveland, I understand you're trying to get rid of Kyrie. Yes, I want Kyrie. I can't lose Isaiah. The article also made it very interesting in some of the things that we heard about in the past that was kind of out there, but we didn't really think about too much on it. And that was the one thing where Jimmy Butler wanted to join the Cavaliers. And it was Kyrie Irving that said, don't come. Right? So that was like, whoa. Now, just, now it's just like, holy shit. Like, there was really shit going on. <laughs> that was that was a shot at the Cavaliers organization. Yeah. That was, I don't want to say sabotage. Yeah. But it was sabotage. It was sabotage. <laughs> it was sabotage. Because Jimmy's like, yo, I'm, I'm down. Let's go. Let's do it. We can make a run. But Yeah. And, then, and then you hear in the, the, the teams that Kyrie wants to go to, and it lists Minnesota as being one of them. He wants to play with Jimmy Butler. Mm. Right? So, man. And then with Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward was apparently also supposed to come to the Cavaliers the same summer that LeBron ended up going to the Cavaliers. And that's why it didn't happen. <laughs> hey. So now it's like, oh, hey, look. And like now we're reunited where we're supposed to be on a different team. Hey, it's a domino effect. One yeah. thing leads to another thing, and everything happens for a reason, I feel. <clears throat> so I think Kyrie had to move to Boston. I think it was. In all honesty, I think it's going to better his career. I, I think it will. Maybe he's not going to have the, the, well, by the way that he's playing, he's going to have all the same playoff appearances. Maybe not all the playoff success that he would have had playing with LeBron. 
but now it's individualized. So now it's he's gonna have his own it, legacy. It's every playoff win that they get. It's not gonna be LeBron and Kyrie. It's gonna be Kyrie and company. Right. So I understand it's gonna make a better better for his legacy. If I was Kyrie in his situation, I I might have done the same thing. If my competitive nature was the same way as his, mm-hmm. I, I probably would have done the same thing. What did you think about the the one part in the article where he had that conversation with uh, with Tyloo, where Tyloo oh. asked him to play faster and make it be more more facilitating? Yeah, and, and he was like, um, "If you play faster, we can get more shots." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "But." I can get my shot off at any time. Why do I need to play faster, right? But it's for RJ and JR. Mm-hmm. That's LeBron's job. That is like kind of like... Shots fired <laughs> saying, I don't need help getting my shot off. If everyone else needs help getting the shot off, go to the king. Go to number 23. He's your playmaker. I am just a stud. I will do it myself, and I will make everybody else better right. if they can keep up with my game style. Uh, I think that's just shots being fired, saying I'm not changing my game to fit everybody else. Everyone else should f- should change their game to fit mine. Um, very selfish. Very one one way. There is a little bit later very in the article. Um, he does say that he handled it wrong. Yeah. He says that he wished he could have handled it differently, which I don't. Everyone's hindsight is always twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like that he understood he handled it wrong, um, and he has grown from it. But then again, when everyone's eggs are in LeBron's basket, why do I have to change right. when your man's LeBron? It's clear that and all your the offense is running through him and everything like that. Exactly, right? it's it's clear that LeBron is the man of Cleveland. If if you don't see it, you are blind. It's something's wrong. Yeah, with you. and and the interesting thing is that when around the time that that happened, if you look back on it, that's actually around the same time where uh, we used to hear the LeBron statements of "We need a playmaker." Yeah. Yeah, right? and then we need another point guard. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a lot also shots fired at Kyrie. It's, it it's is. like, hey man, like stop playing iso ball and make plays. Right? Yeah, exactly. So it's that's another reason why I, if I was in Kyrie's situation, I would have left. There's no good that could have came from staying in that situation, other than championships, which are very good. Right. But the aspect in the article as well, there were a lot of times when LeBron would refer to Kyrie as kid, right. or or my little brother. Yeah. That to me sunning him. is it, yes, it's sunning. It, it's not giving Kyrie the respect that he deserves for being an NBA player. Yeah. Yes, LeBron, you've been in the league a couple more years than him. Yes, LeBron, you are way better than him. Like you're way better than everybody. I get that. He still deserves the respect for being in that position. Without you, LeBron, he was still a top five, top ten point guards in the whole league. Yes. So why do you call me your son? Why do you call me your little kid brother? Nah, I'm a man. Right. I've done this myself. I brought myself to this position where I am now without your help. Yes, the last two years you helped us get to the finals, but I was carrying the Cavaliers before you came. When you left, I don't know about carrying. But... Uh, okay, they weren't going far, <laughs> but everywhere that they've went, it was because of Kyrie. Sure, sure. Yes, they were in the bottom, but he was still the man of the team. Yeah. When you left, when you broke Cleveland, he was the one trying to fix it. And then when you came back, yes, you were the finalizing piece to, to put them in the championships, but Kyrie was keeping them afloat while you were gone in Miami on vacation, just winning by right, yourself. Right, right. So 
he deserves some kind of respect. I, I don't like the the downward talking that LeBron was giving to Kyrie. Which he still does. Which he still does. <laughs> but if I was in Kyrie's position, I would feel the same way. If I was in LeBron's position, I would have... Then again, I'm not in this, that situation. I would feel like I would give him more respect. Because I would understand being in the NBA, you, you deserve some, some kind of respect. Right, because right. you got there yourself. So, with that all being said, when you look back at Kyrie's, Kyrie Irving's statements last year about the Earth being flat, mm. do you think he really believes the Earth being flat at this point, or do you think it was all subliminal to the point where he's kind of saying, look, the only reason people are going to talk about me is if I say some absurd shit like this? Yes. I, and I think another reason, I, I don't know if he's a flat earther, if he believes in that. So I, Whatever, like you, you believe in what you believe in. That, yeah. That's what your right as a human being is to do. Um, I think more or less it was just a soundbite to get people to- away from talking of the what's your relationship with LeBron James? How are you feeling with Ty Lue? How is your relationship with the Cavaliers organization? Oh, I think the Earth's flat. What you think the Earth's flat? Let's well, talk about this. Well, the uh, the the context of it, it came off of the road tripping podcast with mm. Channing and RJ. And what it was is that uh, the the message that he was trying to say about the, the Earth is flat was that there's a lot of things that are being told to us, and we don't question it, we don't ask questions, we just believe it. Yep. And that kind of plays into this whole thing as well, too, is like the media tells you one thing, but what's the true story behind the exactly. scenes? Exactly. Right? So I, I feel like, because Kyrie Irving's a smart guy, Yes. I feel like... Maybe he doesn't believe that the Earth is flat, but that was a subliminal way of saying, like, hey, look, there's You can't believe beyond. everything that you see or yeah. everything that you hear or read. Do your own kind of research and, and figure it out. <clears throat> I understand that. If that's the way that he was trying to portray it, that, that's very well done. It's very Sneaky. high thought, like high thinking, high, yeah. high intelligence. Um, not many of the general public would have picked up on that. Yeah. Um, if that's the way that he was doing it, good on him. I, I think it's a good way to reach out to your fan base. Um. Yeah. So one final trade thing I want to talk about. Um. So this is gonna be Carmel Anthony, really. Um. There was talks about him before going to Oklahoma City. That he was trying to recruit LeBron James to Houston to play with Chris Paul. And James Harden. I I would assume one of them would have to go. James or Chris would have had to gone to make room for the other two people. Possibly, but. I don't know. Maybe they're willing to bite, bite the bullet. LeBron would not have bit the the, the money bullet that he would have had to bite but if he city, wanted to. What if they were to take the luxury tax? Uh, that would have been one humongous luxury tax because I don't see Carmelo Anthony taking a, a significant pay pay cut. Right. Um. I know LeBron's not taking any. No, that's not even a question. Um. <laughs> that. Wouldn't have worked. But why would the destination be Houston if they're not going to play play along with James, James Harden? Is that other the than tax nice? Breaks. I was going to say the, the, <laughs> the city has nice tax purposes. Um, Houston's a very nice city. It's a very lovely city. I don't know. Because um, I knew well, Melo knows that he couldn't have came to Cleveland, and LeBron they're wouldn't have came. LeBron. LeBron wouldn't have came to New York. Like it, it yeah. just wouldn't have worked. So they needed a mutually respective team, but they weren't going to go to like a Memphis team that's in the bottom. You know what I mean? They would have had to go into a competing team. Wouldn't have been 
LeBron wouldn't have gone to Oklahoma City where Melo ended up ending being there. So they had to get another competitive team that would have been either Cleveland, where LeBron was, Boston, where LeBron would never have gone there, um, Oklahoma City, LeBron wouldn't have gone there, Golden State Warriors, come on, now, um, or Houston. That's like the only five... Legit or, or Toronto because Toronto was in the top like oh, six or seven. Toronto, yeah, but like that—that <laughs> that just not have worked. Um, so those are the only really six competing teams, season in, season out, that you could have really went to without starting brand new with the Kings or the Grizzlies or or some team like that. Um, so I think that's why Houston. Am I glad it didn't work? Hell yeah, because now the Raptors <laughs> have a shot still. But I don't know. I don't. I don't see it happening. I didn't see it happening at that time either. And but. even even after this summer, probably not gonna happen. No, still no. I don't. I don't see it happening. CP's already there. Yeah, <laughs> CP's there. He's in the coast, and Houston's playing hell can, of a good basketball. Can you see Melo joining that team? Just Melo, not LeBron. Yeah, I I couldn't. Maybe not this age, Melo, because he's he's a different game. Right. He's he's more of a spot up shooter. He backs you down in the post. Houston is up and down the court. Mike D'Antoni, you, you have to score 125 points a game. Like, yeah. You have to run. Melo doesn't you're gonna have, run. You're going to have him as a better option than Ryan Anderson. True. Fair. Ryan Anderson would run, though. Like, I think Ryan Anderson would buy into the, let's get up and down the court. Melo wouldn't get up and down the court. Melo... Melo would get on behind the lack of defense that they run. He would have been all about that. I, I can't see him running up a score of 115 points a game. Like That takes effort. Melo doesn't really have effort. He has skill. He can put the ball in the rim with ease. Did you see that post-game the, interview by Melo, by the way? Which one? Where he got water poured out. Oh, and he started swearing at me, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I like Melo. He's very funny. He's, He's great. Hilarious. But like, I don't, I don't see him... Running a Mike D'Antoni fast break offense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Prove me wrong. I'd like to see it. It would be interesting. It would have been. I, I think the reason, another reason why they wouldn't have been able to do it, yes, there have been recent success of super teams. I think that kind of super team might have fell into the way of the old Lakers when they had Shaq, Carl uh, Malone, Gary Payton, and Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Just not enough ball to go around. I just don't think there would have been enough ball to go around. So let's go into our final topic of the day. Um, you want to? Yeah, we can bring it up. Um, I know that we wanted to speak about the All Star Game that was coming up here. They did. They just did. Um, they are the most um, up to date voting about that there as well. Um, surprise, surprise! Giannis Antetokounmpo is number one in All Star oh. votes so far. I was actually quite surprised. surprised about that. You, uh, you proved was, me wrong there. I was quite surprised as well. I, I, I called you, it. You told me that he had a big fan base. He I didn't think a, it was that big. He had a humongous fan base. I knew he had a big, humongous fan base to outseat the king. Sort of surprising, though, because I knew the king has a humongous fan base as well. I knew they would rival, but he's up by like a few thousand votes. Right. Um, surprising, not surprising. I, I, I like it. He's already said if he was to get team captain of the East, he's looking at LeBron as his number one pick. So for for the All Star Game, how we have the team captains and everything like that. Mm-hmm. If Jan, if if Giannis is the team captain, I'm just reading a headline right here that I just opened up. 
Giannis has a clever plan that involves picking LeBron first for his all-star team. So we know who he's going first, if he can. If he gets it, he would. And I think the clever idea is that I don't have to guard this man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. Let me pick him on my team so I can play with him, oppose against him. Yeah. Great so idea. the question is, if he gets first pick, if he gets second pick, mm. will KD or Steph pick LeBron? Mm. Questions. Uh, I, I can't see why not. I just can't see why not. Or will they pick each other? I, I can't see them picking each other either because uh, they play with each other every single day. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I would The All-Star game, especially this format that they're doing, is to try and switch up people that they don't play together normally. Um, I don't know. I, it's I would also be surprised. a bro card, you know? It's like, yo, it we is. played together. Why didn't you pick me? Over, true. Over our enemy. It's true. <laughs> but it's the fact of unless there's a whole wide player consensus that let's pick LeBron last. Like, let's not pick him if we don't. Unless they do something like that, LeBron's number one pick. Doesn't matter who has the first overall pick. It, it's LeBron James. If LeBron's not picking, he is being picked. That's that's my two cents on it. Like, I'm actually excited for the All-Star game, man. I'm just looking forward to it. <laughs> they, they did it. They they worked. They, they, they've <laughs> done it. to be excited about the game. And, and I am thoroughly excited about it. Another surprising inclusion on that early all-star voting list um maybe demar is is demar DeRozan at number two some people are surprised about that i'm not surprised about that toronto and canada comes out and votes for the people that they need to have in the all-star game the biggest surprise for me victor oladipo (laughs) is number (laughs) two or three yeah that's high as an eastern guard to be voted into the all-star game yeah don't get me wrong, Victor Oladipo and Oladipo fans and Pacer fans, he's having an unbelievable season. His season <clears throat> is unreal. Third best guard in the Eastern Conference, though. That's questionable. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, we have whoa. Isaiah Thomas and Dwayne Wade. No, I'm I just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I get it. He's having a season. Top yeah. three guard play in the Eastern Conference. Staturally, like stats... Arguably, maybe. Fine. Uh, uh, maybe. Where does John Wall rank? John Wall. Is he under Oladipo? He is under Oladipo for sure. Um, looking it up here now, trying to find out the exact listing of it. But Victor Oladipo being that high is a shock to me. I wish him the best. I'd love me some Victor Oladipo. He can yeah, yeah. dunk it on I some I think people. he deserves to be on the all-time team. Yes. Granted. A starter, though? I don't know. That's that's that should be Ben Simmons. Oh. <laughs> you know when I did oh. the vote, they don't even let you pick Ben Simmons as a forward. He's a guard. Really? Yeah. When I selected him, it took up a guard spot. Didn't so, know that. So I picked Demar Derozan, Ben Simmons. Uh, I picked LeBron James, Joel Embiid. I don't remember who my last one is. I might have trolled and put Drummond or something. <laughs> Because I wanted to get some other guys out there. I don't want to vote for Giannis. I was like, yo, let LeBron get the... Why not vote for Giannis? Giannis he, is the man. He's making it anyways. I need to get LeBron up there. <laughs> to so be number passing. one overall? Yeah. Um, Strategic picking. Su- surprise that Giannis is so far in the lead. But I, I think he deserves to be number one overall. Uh, for, for Number one in vote getting for this All-Star game. I, I don't think it's... A bad idea at all. Um, do you know where the All Star Game is this year? LA. Is it in LA? Yeah. I 
I do not remember that. <laughs> so, I, Isaiah Thomas got quite a number of picks. Really yep. surprising to me. Dwayne Wade. Three games or, or, or four games. I think at the time, played. he only played one game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kawhi well, Leonard got some votes. Remember when Kobe made the All-Star game and he literally didn't play? <laughs> he, he didn't play and he made the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah. That's... And Iverson made the All-Star. Yeah, and he that was, one wasn't he retired? Like, like I don't, I don't understand. That's what happens when you have fan, fan voting. Votes, yeah. Like, take the words right out of mouth. When you have fan voting, anything can happen. <laughs> so funny. But if it was your starting lineup, you can get five from anywhere in the league because that's what's happening here now. So you they don't even anywhere. care about position, just five. No, no, they're, they're still caring about positions, okay. but they can be from east or west. Okay, okay. What would be your ultimate five NBA All Star roster oh, starting man. lineup? That you is... have to you have to remember positions, keep positions in mind. Out of the early voting, what would your what would your lineup be if you were number one pick and you had all the picks in the row? So, for my guards, I need two guards. I need three forwards, basically. Yes. So I gotta pick. I gotta pick James Harden as one of my guards. Uh, my other guard. Oh, man, I don't want to say Curry, but I might have to. Uh, oh, I don't want to say Curry, man. Okay, I'm gonna go back to the guards later. <laughs> yeah, go, go back to the guards. Go, so go forwards, I got LeBron James. Of course. Anyone? You can pick anyone. Yeah, I'm gonna pick Kevin Durant, and I'm gonna pick. I want to see DeMarcus Cousins play with him. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. You literally took it out of my mouth. For my guard? Oh, oh who did I get for my guard? Kyrie Irving. Oh, good pick. Good <laughs> pick. So, not bad. Not a bad five. My five would be... I would. I, I like controversy. I like that the, the, inner, the inner struggle that the team would have. <laughs> I would have to have Kyrie, number one. Number two would have to be Russ Westbrook because that would just be unbelievable with the handles of Irving yeah. and the fast break and the dunks of Westbrook would be unbelievable as a backcourt. You got to have the king, LeBron. I love me some Giannis Antetokounmpo. We'll put him on there. Yeah. Um, as a big man, you need a big man that can get up and down the floor. You might not need a big man that scores all the time like, like DeMarcus does or anything of that nature. A big man, I would I would like to have DeMarcus Cousins. That would be that would be nice. AD. Or Anthony Davis. Why not a Carl Anthony Towns? He would get up and down that floor. Yeah. He would run. He can catch. He can dunk. He can rebound. You don't need him to shoot because you have LeBron, uh, Kyrie, Westbrook. Yeah. Your three-pointers wouldn't yeah. be the best because your only pure shooter is Kyrie. But... Carl Anthony Towns can knock down the far jimmies every now and then. Yeah. I think that would be an unbelievable starting five. Kyrie, Westbrook, LeBron, Greek Freak, and the big cat, Carl Anthony Towns. That's pretty crazy. I would, I would love to see them get up and down the court. <laughs> defense might be a little bit iffy. Only one that actually buys in on defense is LeBron and, and Greek Freak. <laughs> but... I, I would like I would like to see that those five go up and down the court. Are there any players that you want to see play together with other people? 
not particularly. We've seen most of those um, controversial plays yeah. together last year, such as the Kevin Durant played with Russell Westbrook last year. What about the ones that are like, man, if they play together, what what could what kind of destruction could they, they do? <laughs> yeah, like the only real big reach? one that's in the up in conversation this year is Kyrie LeBron. If they were to play again, together again, what would that be like? I think it would be business as usual. They they'll be fine. They would, like I've seen them say that they are cool with each other. They're not friends. They're not going to be calling each other and having backyard barbecues in the right, off season. Right. But they will be civil with each other. They see each other. What's up? Like, it's not going to be the same as Westbrook and Durant. No, that is yeah. that was hatred. That was yeah, yeah. pure hatred. This wasn't hatred. This was just you want to do that, Kyrie. Really, have a good life. Yeah, yeah. So it's more like that. Um, so nothing dramatic. Like if Gordon Hayward was healthy, if he was playing with some jazz player, like. No one in the Jazz are even going to make the All-Star <laughs> game unless it's Stephen Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. I was going to say, unless it's Donovan Mitchell, who was not on the team when Gordon yeah. was there. So that's not really anything. Um, you voted for Mitchell? That was yeah. probably your troll. Because I didn't want to vote for Curry. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so so nothing, nothing crazy that I, I would be looking forward to watch play other than like Steph Curry and LeBron playing together. That would be cool to see. Never happened, but yeah. like... I want to see LeBron James play with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Hey. Yo, Philly. Come on, Philly. Come on, Philly. <laughs> they got cap space. They got cap space. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> no. I, I would also like to see like what they did last year when they put Russell Westbrook on the team with the, the, the Warriors, Warriors. The Warriors yeah. lineup. Put uh, LeBron there instead. Yeah. Curry, LeBron, Durant, oh. Clay Thompson. And um, Draymond, that would be cool. Um, I would like to see Draymond and LeBron play together. Yeah, that would be nice. I, I I would like to see Draymond and Russell Westbrook play together some more. They're they're both fiery fiery yeah. competitors. Like <clears throat> I I think that'd be cool. Or Russell Westbrook and Greek Freak. Like on my lineup, they, those two are yeah. competitors as well. I if this was an eighty two game season, these guys would have butt heads and they would have killed each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for a one night charity charity-based thing because this is going to charity. Yeah. Why not? It'd be cool. Um, I don't know. Maybe a, a connection like Melo playing with some Knicks players. Melo reuniting with, with Porzingis again. Hey, yeah, cool. Um, nothing as polarizing as Westbrook playing with Durant like they did last year. That was right. the main the main thing I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they played well. To, well, they played civilly together. They didn't Kill each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I forgot that we had that topic, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> so, so, what was the final topic that you had in mind today? I want to talk about the ref meeting with, uh, mm. with the NBA Players Association. Yes. So, I did see another article that was uh, posted about that meeting that they had with the head of the Refing Association, head of the Player Association, um, trying to mitigate the superstar ejections like we've seen Durant's been thrown out of two or three games already this season. Three games, yeah. Three games that they said. And he's only been thrown out of one in, in, in the years prior. Yeah. Um, LeBron's never been thrown out of the game until this year. Yeah. So, yes, something has to be changed with the way that players and refs are communicating, into like mingling during the game. Mm-hmm. There has to be a better way than players freaking out at refs and refs giving them the cold shoulder and then out of nowhere tossing them. Right. 
that's un- unnecessary. There should be a mediation that has to happen. But I also don't like all of the review process and how long games are getting nowadays. Mm. Um, so with the review process, um, one of the things like, uh, what's his name? Jeff Van Gundy. Mm-hmm. When you watch games that he, uh, commentates. he commentates on, there's a lot of things that he says that are, that are really ridiculous. But then there's a lot of things that he says that has a lot of truth to them, and I agree mm-hmm. with as well. And one of the things is about the refing. Like, if you have to stop a play and review it, and the play was called completely wrong to begin with, I feel like you should have the right to overturn that completely and call a different play. Rather than, like, if it was a foul, it's like, who is the foul actually out on? Or if it's out of bounds, like, who is it actually out of bounds on? Mm-hmm. If you review the out of bounds and you see that foul, call that fucking foul. Right? It's true, but then that would have changed the whole makeup of the game, made the review time longer. Right. Time but if you're going to review it anyways... You should review the whole actual play. Yeah. No, I understand that as well. But then that would take away from what I can see the integrity of the game. There are plays in basketball that aren't supposed to be missed, but we are playing basketball for all the years that these guys right. have played basketball. You understand it's a it's a judgment call. And it's you're, a fast-paced it's, game. You're not but, getting 100% of the calls right. But at the same time, that's why they increase the rest from one to three. Yep. Right? There should be more eyes. There should be better calls. And that's one of the things, too, because now they release the reports of, like, the calls, calls that they made in the last two minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. When you have, like, LeBron James on Christmas Day and they say, you know, we missed three fouls on LeBron James in the final two minutes. Like, he has a right to be pissed. Yes. And then you're going to eject him? If, 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 if you were to, like, speak up about yeah, but, yeah, exactly. it, right? That's you ridiculous. Know, That's a game changer. It is. They could have won that, that, that game. Should have won that Possibly. game. Possibly. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I totally agree with that. I, maybe that was what you were saying, because I, I remember you said a point a little bit here ago. They went from one ref to three refs, from one ref to two refs, two refs to three refs. Maybe that's the, the solution. Add a couple more refs. So instead of having three refs run up and down the court, you can have three refs a half. Like, yes, that's a shit ton of refs. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but you can have one ref under on the baseline under each rim, one ref on each sideline, and one middle ref up and down. Yes, that's a lot of fucking refs. I get it. <laughs> hey, maybe that would be the reason that would make less, less missed calls. I'm going a little bit off topic here. I know soccer, they had that same situation where the refs were missing a lot of stuff and missing goals. So they put one referee behind each net just to put the flag up when the ball goes across the line. Right. Why can't you have a, a ref on the baseline or, or, or on the sideline looking for feet out of bounds, ball out of bounds, who touched it last, and not have to worry about the fouls of the game, just looking at out of bounds, whose ball is it? Right. That would save a lot of these reviews, last-second redundant uh, reviews and challenges that take up three to four of real-life minutes when it's only like a two-second change of, of, of game time. Right, right. That, that's just redundant to me. Maybe that's a solution. I don't know. I'd like to know the economics behind it, what the, yeah. the cost would be for those extra refs, what it would do to the gameplay, the game flow. I don't know. Something has to be done. I think I think a lot of it too is also the relationship, like you said, that players have with the referees, and uh, it's it's kind of a two way thing because you have these referees giving these players attitude and not explaining their calls, and then at the same time you get all these superstars that are crying about plays. It's so it's like it is that back and forth, and it's getting to a point where like 
you just end up not helping anybody at all and everyone yep. just hates each other and it's a toxic environment. Yep. It's kind of the same way as how, how, how we work, where we work in uh, a contact center and then we have agents on the field. We hate each other, yep. right? And it's because we don't respect each other's jobs. And, and what we bring to the table. Exactly. And I totally agree with that. Um, I think it would be also beneficial for the refs to have to explain themselves and why they're, they're, they're calling a foul that they're calling. But they also have to understand these players, especially players such as Kyle Lowry, James Harden, LeBron James, every single time they go down the court and they're in the paint, they are crying for a foul. They're yeah. crying for something. There is times where you're just calling, crying wolf. And if you are going down... So, generally, there are about 40 possessions, 45 possessions per team in an NBA game. Out of those 40 to 45 possessions, 30 of them, Kyle Lowry is crying for a call. There is no way in hell you're getting fouled 30 times every single time you're going down the court. So, as a ref, I would be like, you cried for a foul two plays ago. Right. You're crying for another foul like this play. Like... You're not getting every single foul. You're not getting yeah. contact on that much that's, to that's de- where, deter your shot. That's where it makes sense if the referee is going to ignore the player. Just be yeah. like, you know what? Just nothing happened, right? But then the times where they do make the bad call, they got to own up to that. Of course. That's, that's the next thing. Like, yes, you are not going to make 100% of the calls correct. We understand that. It's a judgment call. You're human. People make mistakes. You have to be able to look at them and go, my bad, bad call. But you can't say I will get you back, like because right. that's not right. That's that's unethical. You are yes. you are changing the game. Yes, the game. you are you are you are controlling more of the game than you have the right to control as a referee. That's where we go. Oh, that's that's Make where I want to break up to the, t- uh, the technicals as well too. Mm. So one thing with the same day, the Christmas Day game, uh, Cleveland versus Golden State, mm-hmm. Durant, the two technicals that he got, he should have been out in the first quarter. But being the superstar that he yes. is, they're like, oh, let's give the tech to Draymond. To somebody else. So, like, <laughs> I understand right? that. But Even like... last year in the finals. Mm. Remember Draymond got the, the tech at the first half? Yeah. Um, he ended up getting a tech in the second half as well, too. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, no, no, no. That first half tech, that was Steve Kerr. Mm. They're like, yo, we had it. We, we had it written down. He came to the scores board and told us, Draymond. Yeah. Right? <laughs> So I don't understand that as well. It's well, like when that when that technical was called originally, I actually did think it was on Steve Kerr, mm-hmm. and I was surprised that they gave it to Draymond. And then later on, when they're like, "Oh, it's actually yeah, it is, it is on Draymond," technical. and then they they fix it afterwards. It's like, yeah. come on, get your shit together. Right, the beginning. Right. You have to take ownership of that mistake that yeah. you made. Um, that's the main thing that this meeting that the refs and the player association had was ownership. Like, there was one instance a couple weeks ago when Sean Livingston and another ref were headbutting. Yeah, yeah. They were going head-to-head with each other. Um, at that time, well, five years ago, only the player would have been reprimanded for that kind of situation because you can't uh, touch an official. Right. Or official. That, that's No, that's proven. But now that ref also got suspended for a week as well, missing his rotation games right. and missing pay. So I like the fact that it is being both ways or seeing that fault at that situation. The refs aren't gods. The, no, exactly. They they are, I don't want to say another player on the, on the court, but 
they're held accountable. They're, they're a team. They're an officiating crew. They're an officiating team. If they make mistakes, they should be penalized for it. I.e., you are headbutting and you're getting in the face of a player. That's not right. We the Players can't get in your face. You shouldn't be able to get into our faces. Right. You should be suspended as well. There's been a lot of times um, where officials are just totally blatant disrespectful to players. If a player did that to a ref, technical out the game. That's, that's not fair. It's, there has to be standards and there has to be accountability on both sides of the ball being officials or players and if not like even with that christmas day game it got to the point where i was like yo this i can't really take the nba seriously at this point like this this is a joke if they're not going to be able to call these right plays of course um is this going to be resolved after this one meeting hell no (laughs) is this ever realistically going to be resolved Probably not. No matter what kind of authority is in place, someone's not going to be happy with it. Yeah. Someone's going to be upset with whatever authoritarian figure is 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 trying to to keep you down, trying to keep you within lines. I think these meetings are steps in the right direction. Is it going to be the final thing to make it a perfect game? Probably not. Is there ever such thing as a perfect game? Right. I don't think so. There's always someone who's going to be upset. Good step in the right direction. 20 years ago, this would never have happened. This would have been the ref's way or the highway. Basically, yeah. But, but yeah, it's inter- interesting. And uh, hopefully, it'll make games more fun to watch. And-, and and not such a pain to watch. Yeah. Because like, when, when players are getting kicked out of third quarters <laughs> in meaningful games, I don't want to watch that. I- I'm coming to watch Christmas Day, Kevin Durant versus LeBron James. Not Kevin Durant and three quarters of LeBron James. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like. That's unnecessary, but hey, it's it's yeah. it's the breaks that the, it's the game that we play in. If you guys have watch. like any random ideas you guys thought of to like probably mediate the situation or suggestions, I, I like your like additional referees. I think four would be four? a nice yeah. number. One mm-hmm. on each side and two running along the, the sides. So right? Yeah, sure. Like hey, yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It's. It's an idea. I'm, I'm sure it's not the best idea because you're going to have to pay all these guys. Right, right, right. Um, they got the money, man. Yeah, I was going to say, with these new, these new multi-billion dollar TV contracts that are popping up everywhere. The, the stupid Simon Says guy that goes to all the <laughs> games. Like, come on. <laughs> the halftime show guy. But yeah. come on. There's, I don't know. There has to be a better solution than just meeting and, 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 and talking. There, there has to be a add an extra ref to the court, um, add a, a, a overseeing head official on the sidelines that are up in the booth that can just well, they have like, the, the walkie-talkie. Ones the, the ones that actually review, review it. In New York. Yeah. Like they, they have yeah, someone yeah. in Secaucus, New York that does the reviewing. Yeah. Um, or have someone in-house in the arena that is just head referee that's not necessarily on the court. When they go to the table, that radios down and go, this is what you're going to do. This is what has to happen. Um, I don't know. I, I would like to be... I'd like to see what the the league does with that, with the information that they've got from that meeting. It'll probably be something, if there is a change, it's probably going to be in the next season. Of course, yeah. It's not going to be mid-season changes. I mean, Adam Silver has been changing things pretty quickly, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty sure he's working on something there. There's been a lot of change that Silver has been behind, good and the bad. Mm-hmm. I think this might be one of the good ones. Hopefully, if it's done right. If it's done right. Yeah. Anyways, it's uh, we've... Yeah. Extended this podcast pretty long, longer than we would have expected. But I think we had a lot of good stuff to talk about too, a yeah. lot of interesting things. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, before we go, 
I just want to again remind you guys that uh, there is this contest that we're having, uh, giveaway, I guess. Mm-hmm. So 100 subscribers, help us get to 100 subscribers, tell your friends, tell your family. Um, once we get 100 subscribers, we're going to go into the comment section, so make sure you leave a comment below and just suggest something that you want to talk about. Uh, or want us to talk about, and we'll pick somebody there and contact you guys. It's going to be two Google Pay, uh, Google Play gift cards worth $15 each that we're going to give out to you guys. All right? mm-hmm. And we love to hear uh, fan comments, feedback, anything that we can improve on, uh, topics that you want to talk about. If you have a favorite team that we haven't really got deep into, I know there's 32 teams in the league. We only really talk about five or seven of them that are the main ones that we'd like to talk about. I would love to talk about the smaller market teams. We just have to make sure that there's a fan base behind it. Uh, give us a shout. We'll be more than happy to answer the best that we can for you guys. Yeah, and next week, uh, it won't be as long. No, definitely <laughs> not. This is just this is a, a bonus holiday special for you guys. Yeah. Uh, but definitely thank you for tuning in. Yeah, if you guys stayed this long, thank you. You guys, you guys are, are, you guys you guys are, are real, real MVPs. MVPs. <laughs> thank you for All listening right. to the Raptors Peace game, guys. Out, guys.